Lights. Camera. Action. Now where's the mullet? Where is he? Is he coming in by chopper? And now, live from Quinlan's Cantina in the Gold Coast of Australia, it's time again for your dose of action cinema history from the 80s, 90s, and beyond with the Lethal Mullet Podcast. Oh, get out of money, you go. Here we are, live, folks, for fourth episode number 210 of the Lethal Mullet Podcast. I'm your host, Adam O'Brien, and, uh, as you can see, there can be only mullet as we rewatch the series that started this whole, well, TV part of the franchise of Highlander and arguably probably the most popular part to this day with fans worldwide. And um, you know, as somebody who, as I've mentioned in the past, I've come from obviously doing the, uh, the movies mainly, you know, I know Christoph Lambert's movies and of course with Sean Corey's Ramirez and the Kurgan and General Katana that's right Michael Ironside the legendary General Katana <laughs> well with that of course um, the advent of the TV series came out and we're going to be chatting about that today as I've re-watched it and uh, here we are folks for Little Mullet Podcast so tonight's episode we are going to be looking at the series we're going to be looking at what made it great, what really worked. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, I think for all of us here on the show, you know, it was one thing on the network itself. It's it's a franchise which has different entry points for everybody, you know. Highlander, for me, was the original film. That's uh, what got me involved in wanting to love this uh, universe and really get into what made it special, the music, the actors, the, the martial arts, the swords... And just the story. I mean, the idea of somebody that's lived forever is the staples of great science fiction and many other things, I personally think. You know, we've all had that that time where we just love, um, you know, the fact that, you know, somebody can live forever and go through all these different parts of, um, you know, what it is to be immortal. It is to be a living legend. So here, welcome to, of course, the Little Mullet Network, of course, uh, where we've got many shows just like this one, which we'll go into very, very shortly. And of course, here on the network, uh, this is the flagship show, of course, the one, the only Little Mullet podcast uh, right up there. Now, if you want to catch any of the shows that are on this network, you can follow them on this. Let's see if I can actually follow it this time. There you go. There she goes. Look, subscribe and show it. www lethalmullernetwork.com and follow us on at the Lethal Mullet on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and all socials folks. That's right because you know what? Get social, join us. G'day mate, how you going? Welcome to the Lethal Mullet Network where you'll find all these amazing shows and more. Where you'll find the Lethal Mullet Podcast, a celebration of action cinema from the 80s, 90s and beyond. You'll also find Making Treks, a Star Trek fan podcast, where I'm joined by my amazing co-host, Mark Newbold, into a deep dive of Star Trek. You'll also find Mulled and Kilt, a look at music, where I'm joined by my dear pal, Darth Elvis. And where you can also find the Mullet Guild, a look at the Dune universe. All here on, of course... LethalMulletNetwork.podbean.com or on your favourite podcatcher. You can find us there. You can also find all these shows a week later 
on, of course, the one, the only fandom podcast network, FPN, on fpnet.popping.com. Don't forget to also follow us on socials. There's, of course, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the handle at the Lethal Mullet. We'll catch you out there and enjoy your action cinema. I'm the Lethal Mullet. Especially, there can be only mullet. So, with that, we're going to chat about a few things before we get into the um, full show. And uh, with that, we're going to talk about some of the news that's been happening as well. Obviously, today, before we get into too far, we are, of course, looking at Highlander Season 1. Wow, what a season. Um, as some of my uh, dear friends now have uh, told me, and of course, it's out there from Blood of Kings uh, group, of course, part of the Blood of Kings uh, podcast over there. I've been kind enough to let us know that the um, majority of you think Season 1 is one of the better seasons, if not the best season. It's some of the greatest episodes. And I've got to say, it's pretty damn good television. As Andy Sloan has uh, told me, you know, it is the best kept secret on television. Big shout out to Andy, and uh, he will be joining us on the podcast in uh, a few weeks' time to uh, chat about, of course, um, some great location stuff about where the TV show was shot, and of course, some great trivia and stuff like that, which only he knows. And um, does a fantastic job of really, you know, you can tell the passion of uh, his when it comes to this fandom. You know, he absolutely adores the series. And, um, like all of you out there that are Highlander fans, um, you know, it's a very positive and, um, if not, entertaining fandom. So, cheers. Cheers for everything. You're awesome. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy has many a thing to say about deep thought. And Deep Thought itself has many a thing to say about the guide, who are going to give you a guide through the maelstrom and enormity of the guide itself. Hosted by two unexpected travellers, the Lethal Mullet, all the way from Quinlan's Cantina, in the Milky Way, and of course, Dan the Man from Birmingham. All on the other side of the water, they have hitched a ride and come to Ursa Minor to tell you all about the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which you can find whenever you find good podcasts. That's right, folks. Check out the brand new show, Deep Thought Life, Douglas Adams and everything, monthly on, of course, the Lethal Mullet Network at lethalmulletnetwork.podbean.com or on the socials at The Lethal Mullet. You can also check it out on YouTube very soon on the Spacebook Network, hosted by the one and the only co-host here, Dan, the man from Birmingham, Dan Hadley, all here. And don't panic, we'll be back. And now it's time for the news here on the Legal Mullet Podcast. All right, so with that, let's get into, of course, a little bit of news. So, as we mentioned in the previous um, podcast, yes, uh, we'll be looking at more Lorenzo Lamar's films. So, we're going to be looking at um, what has just gone out, uh, which would have been previous Tuesday. We are recording the future, folks. <laughs> Yes, we have our flux capacitors set to full and we are off into, uh, of course, the next week. So you're seeing this a week later, believe it or not. Yes, this mug. 
but what we'll be looking at, of course, is um, uh, Renegade next, which is, of course, that great TV show he did, which is now airing currently on Prime. Yes, Prime Video. Come on, do it. Get out there. Do it. Come on. No. <laughs> but, of course, on Prime Video, a lot of these old TV shows are coming up. There's even the old Pierce Brosnan action movies. One with Patrick Stewart. Yes, Patrick Stewart is in a movie with Pierce Brosnan, and it's great. Uh, Night Train or something, if I remember right. That's how long ago. Uh, this one came out in the 90s. There you go. There's a bit of a sidetrack for you, and they were pretty good espionage thrillers before he became James Bond, the blue Shevin. <laughs> so, yes, we're going to be looking at Renegade now that it's back on, of course, TV, in this case, streaming. Uh, and that's probably my favourite stuff that Lorenzo's done. Uh, but a big shout-out to Lorenzo. He is awesome. Now, Dune News. Mm, TV show's on the way, folks, and yeah, so is, of course, no doubt, a trailer very, very soon for Dune 2. That's right, Dune Part 2. Uh, Denny Villeneuve can't seem to put a foot wrong. I mean, he gave us an amazing introduction to this world with, of course, his film uh, in 2021. And even though it was delayed, it was worth it. You know, we got to see some visions of this series, you know, that we I never thought of um, would actually get there. So uh, we got it. We got um, amazing film. And now we're ready for the finale, which, will, of course, will pit the Harkonnen against, of course, the Atreides. We'll see some awesome Fremen action. We'll see some great uh, sword fights. And, of course, no doubt, Elvis is going to verse. Yes, Elvis. That's right. Austin Butler, Elvis, playing Fade, Ralther, Harkonnen. And, of course, if you know the books, you know he's going to be going up against, of course, yeah, Shelley, uh, who's playing, of course, uh, the one, the only, that's right, emperor to be. Yes, of course, Mwadib, Paul Mwadib. And so, anyway, we'll get into that and uh, enjoy the Kali in it. So, if you are a big fan of uh, Filipino martial arts, Eskrima, Arnas, and Kali, you can see it in this um, series of films. They're using that for the basis of the Atreides technique. And, of course, some of the stuff done by the Harkonnens as well. When it comes to the knife-to-shield fighting and stuff like that, too, it's amazing. Go and check it out. Hey, mate, how you going? Come on in, mate. Yeah, yeah. What shall it be? Oh, yeah. man, it's been real busy, B, you know? <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Right, I like Yeah. Yeah. It's just like I was telling my mate the other day, you know, have a nice, you know, cold beverage. Oh, yeah. Here you go, mate. Here, enjoy this beverage and enjoy this film chat. All right, Highlander. Now, as we mentioned, yes, we're doing um, today a look at season one, uh, and it's coming from a novice fan. You know, I am new to this fan, and so we'll definitely be um, not as informed <laughs> about the series and stuff like that too. Um, but it's going to be a very general look because at the end of the day, I just want to get over. Um, what I love about the series and um, you know, the idea of what it's like to be one of these characters. Uh, I think it's, it's an amazing fandom and amazing storytelling sandpit. It really is. Uh, we'll be talk it's also talking about some of the, the, the merchandise. So I've got Highlander here, um, book which uh, we've talked about in that, um, that group, actually, people mentioned about. This is by Maureen Russell and it is The Complete Watcher's Guide to Highlander. And, um, well, this one, luckily enough, I found in a bookstore, a secondhand bookstore, and it is great. It's got everything. Uh, There's kind of stuff I didn't want to know yet, but 
what do you do? <laughs> I still want to experience it. But this book uh, in particular is, without a doubt, if you want to guide the Highlander, this is uh, one of the three that you definitely need. Obviously, we've got uh, John Melville's and, of course, um, Mr. Mosby's books as well, which I'm going to be checking out very, very soon. And But Maureen Russell did a fantastic job. Now, also dug out. Bit of a rarity, I believe, because it's a bit hard to find these out there. Yes, I'm talking about the one, the only VHSs of Highlander. And yes, I do have the original episode, the premiere, and this is one that was done with Christophe Lambert. That's right. And of course, that's uh, with Adrian Paul, Alexander Vandenu, and of course, Richard Mole as Slam Quince. Happy birthday to Richard, by the way, because it was his birthday the other day, too. Yes, I did post about that, too. Uh, but, of course, you know, this is an old one which has uh, a second episode on it too. I, I can't remember which one. I think it's the one where Richie is looking for his father, and it's Joe. And a certain 21 Jump Street uh, actor turns up and goes, give me your fingers, Joe. I need $50,000. Mm. Yes, Peter DeLuise, Dom DeLuise's son. Mm. <laughs> so uh, that's basically what we're going to be looking at. And, of course, um, no doubt we're going to be doing something with Blood of Kings as well because Kevin's um, already put it out there. I'd love to get you on, he said, for a chat about looking at uh, Highlander uh, from somebody that's new. And uh, it's an interesting to sort of look at it as a, a refreshing sort of um, view on this world, you know. Uh, particularly, it's so far removed from when it came out. This series came out back in the 90s, you know, finished in about 97. That's a long time ago, and, um, you know, I do remember it being on TV, along with Raven and uh, a few other shows that were on at the time. Mainly Star Trek. It was on about the time of, like, Deep Space Nine was on. You'd have uh, my cousin, you know, Cole Meany, old mate Cole. Hey, Cole, how's it going in engineering, mate? Mr. O'Brien, that's right. <laughs> so, of course, they did that too. Now, here's what's interesting, though. You know, at that time, they, they put it out uh, – I think about 7.30 at night on, if I do believe um, the show was on Channel 9 out here in Australia, could be wrong. It's either that 9 or 7, 10 never had anything to do with these sorts of shows. Who knows what? Um, but when it was on, of course, you'd have something like Deep Space Nine or Voyager, more likely Voyager, I'd say, if it was 93, 94. And then after that, at 10 o'clock, you would get Highlander. And that would come on and uh, we had Raven on reruns at some stage and around there too. But it definitely played and it played for quite a while. So Australians, we've always been big fans. And you go back to, of course, when Highlander 2, of course, the quickening was you know being boasted about. It's going to be the biggest sequel ever made. Well, Christoph was on a show called Hey Hate Saturday, which is a Saturday night uh, variety show out here in Australia. Turned up and when he uh, was on the, the video or whatever it is, we got to see him um, basically regaining his immortality, which is that scene um, shot in the set in Argentina. And, it's, you know, it's one of the more fun um, parts of the film. I think um, could have been edited a bit better. But <laughs> uh, well, what can you say? Highlander 2 is, uh, without a doubt, a, a big question in itself. And I am going to do a proper episode on Highlander 2. We did one here a little while ago on, um, we have done one before, just on The Gathering. So I did one when I bought this. Uh, we definitely covered this bad boy uh, on it, and uh, we'll definitely look at it, uh, obviously, as we're talking about very, very soon here. But uh, also Highlander 1 and 2, I did a show on, I think it was last year, 
But uh, now looking at things a little bit different, especially I want to cover Highlander 3, which is an interesting movie itself, particularly with Mario Van Peebles. Yes. Yeah. You know who should have been an immortal in this series? Billy Zane. Hmm? Come on. You let us know in the comments who you think should have been an immortal. I know who is an immortal. Yeah, Keanu Reeves. I mean, that guy has not aged like forever, hey? <laughs> John Wick himself is an immortal, folks. It, it, it's it's just a given. What can you say, hey? Come on. <laughs> but it is an interesting, um, you know, idea, and that's, of course, what we're going to be getting into today. So just remember, we're also part, of course, of uh, Phantom Network, uh, Phantom Podcast Network, I should say, <laughs> along with, of course, um, the co-founders of that um, uh, series of shows and, of course, podcast channel, Mr. Carl Wagner, and, of course, the one, the only, the irrepressible, Kevin, the Raider Nerd, right soul. Okay, you owe me five bucks for saying that, Kevin, just like the old days. <laughs> but uh, we also know that uh, it's got some great stuff over there too. Obviously, you can find legal shows over there, particularly the main one. But you can also find everything on there that you'd possibly want when it comes to fandom, like What a Piece of Junk of Star Wars podcast with Scotty Bowman and Derek Marsh. Yeah, What a Piece of Junk is a fantastic one. And it also has Nathan Miracle on there too. So go and check it out. There's also a whole bunch of brand new Star Trek content uh, and shows on there too. You should join the network. There's Alfred Hitchcock stuff over there too. There's also the end zone looking at that thing that the Americans call football. Mm. <laughs> you know, what can I say? I hope you enjoy your game over there. But you know what? Out here in Australia, you know I'm going to talk about it because I always do. So out here in Australia, we don't wear helmets. We certainly don't wear shoulder pads and we don't wear those long socks. i tell you what we do. We play mano a mano football, rugby league. That's right. And it's not that soccer crazy stuff over in the UK. That's not football either. Come on. No, 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 no. no. I, I know Dan Hadley's going to be telling me, no, no, mate, it's football. <laughs> and, of course, we've got Dan Hadley who runs Type 40, uh, a Doctor Who podcast, and, of course, the Facebook Network, which is a big part, of, of course, of FPN as well. So a big shout-out to all of them. And let's head on into, of course, the pub here to talk about Highlander Season 1. All right. So Highlander, well, what's it all about? Well, Highlander Season 1 was, of course, um, a continuation of the series of uh, movies. Now, of course, that's had a jumbled uh, continuity for you know, the time that it has. And, of course, um, you know, what do they do after, of course, Connor won the prize after defeating the Kurgan? And he lost his head. Mm. So, of course, what comes down to it is they had to, of course, incorporate a TV show to keep the gathering open. So with that, basically, this continuity um, is all over the place. So we have Highlander, the movies kind of, rebooting themselves almost like uh, the Terminator franchise. So we've got um, Highlander 2, which kind of tries to explain that uh, the immortals are from Zeist, this crazy planet that's got backwards technology, but it also has guns and spaceships and uh, they can zoom people to Earth that they don't like or, you know, they're going to kill off. And then there's also, um, you know, the fact that then we've got Highlander 3, which kind of tries to reinvent the wheel there too. And then you've got Endgame, which kind of try and, and does that with the TV show and the movies, and then the source. Well, 
Mm. I said about that, and you know, realizing that having to battle. I mean, here's something like the Highland of the Source, which you know, uh, I enjoyed for what it was. But I think what's interesting about the source is that um, you know it's at a point where you've got so much different continuity coming at you. You got the TV show, you got the movies. Um, you what do you do? You know, how do you gain all that momentum back or whatever? I don't know. But interesting nonetheless. So you know, I think uh, at this stage for me, it was you know looking at this uh, season. You know, finding out too just by through some of the fans. Yeah, you know, what what do we do? You know, when it comes to this sort of material and uh, where it needs to go. But with the season one, what they did was, of course, they basically had the film, but the gathering doesn't take place at the end. Basically, the Kurgan dies, but nothing happens, right? Because there's more immortals out there, folks. That's right. Which, of course, leads us into this series. Now, what's the premise of this series? Well, basically, at the end of the day, a series is about and more by the name of Duncan McLeod, played by Adrian Paul. Now, Duncan has an antique store, and basically it's an episodic, uh, although connected, interconnected stories of, uh, you know, this TV show which covers his life, what he does, and, of course, his battles with immortals. And um, as we find out too, of course, um, you know, he's in love with Tess, uh, played by Alexandra Vandernoot. And, of course, uh, they meet Richie, who becomes basically the sidekick, if you like. You know, uh, Duncan's Batman. Richie is Robin, pretty much. The dynamic duo of immortality, which we'll get into in a sec. So that's pretty much that's what happens. And it's split between, of course, um, Seacover, or if you like, the, the American side of things, or the, the in this case, the Canadian side, <laughs> uh, even, it, even though it's meant to be the States. Uh, and then, of course, out to France as well in Paris, uh, which has got some amazing visuals. Um, love to hear, actually, some feedback, too, on that, too, what you guys all think about the locations and stuff. I know Andy's going to be having his uh, idea on that, too, but I do believe Lee Fillingsness um, lived over there for some time, too. Uh, Lee, did you live anywhere near... Uh, the locations of where the boat was, you know, in this, of course, um, that we have um, everything take place from, all that sort of stuff. So uh, interesting, I think, regardless. But, um, you know, it is an interesting premise, which kind of gives the idea of where it's going to go with, of course, all the, um, you know, the action, the intrigue and all that sort of stuff. The characters is what really you all come back for. I mean, Duncan, um, without a doubt, is the the through run of this series and of course connor comes through and, and connor puts his stamp on it by basically doing uh an episode which probably not the greatest episode but uh we'll talk about why um but i think it's also an interesting one because it's a you know hand me down to the next the next mcleod you know it's it's the next incarnation of what is to be you know an immortal legend and hero too so uh, which is great, you know. I think it's just fantastic that they did that, you know. And uh, you know, it's they could have easily just recast Connor. I mean, really, I mean, you could have, you could, you know, but they didn't do that. They went forward and, of course, got this great cast. So, let's talk about the three main cast members in this. So, we've got Adrian Paul, who's kind of, I think, got a little bit more of a Sean Connery swagger about him, uh, than uh. Than one of like the, the classic McLeod that we have with Lambert, you know, because Lambert's his own uh, man, you know, he's got his own style and 
humour, a reluctant sort of heroism about him. Adrian Paul has got that classic, uh, I think, almost James Bond-like quality. You know, he's he's the uh, the leading man, the ladies' man, uh, but also, you know, you know he can take care of business, and uh, I think he does a fantastic job in this first and leading into the second season. Uh, which, yes, I'm going to be doing a second season review as well when we get to it too. But everything from the sword play, obviously he's had some uh, stage fighting experience, I think, um, no doubt. A lot of um, theatre-trained actors do the theatre-trained sword fighting, which you get from, of course, doing Shakespeare and um, all sorts of drama like that too. So got to give him uh, kudos for that too. Plus, he wears a ponytail better than, of course, the other 90s, uh, tall martial arts guy, and that is, of course, Steven Seagal, yes. And I do believe it's real hair. He, compared to Seagal, doesn't have real hair. Hate to say it, folks, that's true. Just look at Above the Law versus Hard to Kill. But Adrian has fantastic hair in this series, and uh, yes, it's his. It's long, um, although I think a lot of the flashbacks, um, you know, I remember watching an interview with him on Sword Experience where he talks about, yes, they had to change into shorter hair wigs and stuff like that in between for the flashbacks and stuff like that too, which, you know, interesting that they were able to pull off what they did in the 90s too, with that too, because it's not easy stuff, that stuff too. Uh, but Adrian as a whole, you know, obviously he's got some martial arts training too. Uh, I do believe it's Hungar Kung Fu, uh, which is, of course, if you go back for it, the history of that is very interesting indeed. Do you see Once Upon a Time in China with Jet Li? Jet Li's uh, fighting style in that series as he plays Wong Fei Hung, the famed, of course, um, one of the many, of the ten tigers of Canton. Um, Wong Fei Hung was, of course, um, a stylist of Hungar Kung Fu, one of the many styles of Shaolin. And, of course, it's an animal style. It's tiger. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, there's even links to that into karate today too uh, with the horse riding stances and a number of the punches that claw like blocks and stuff like that that uses that instead of a fist it's really using a lot of palm and stuff like that which is actually pretty damn effective folks because you want to use these you got to condition them all right you're going to condition your, your hands and stuff like that but using your palms you got a bigger surface area that's already pretty damn tough anyway that's enough about martial arts. So, but Adrian does it really well. And I do believe as an actor, he really pulls off a lot of the emotion, um, a lot of the stuff that's probably not asked of uh, a lot of leading actors in TV shows uh, of action, you know, uh, particularly when something happens in season two, uh, which really changes things for him and um, made, makes him more, I think, bitter and tougher, you know, and, um, you know, looking at the world in a different set of eyes to, Losing loved ones has that uh, sort of effect on them too. Stan Kirsch, the late, great Stan Kirsch, who I think is is fantastic in the role of Richie, who starts out as basically a bungling um, criminal, if you like, and he's just trying to make ends meet and um, take what he can to get the money for. But of course, in the first episode, he um, tries to get into the antique store and do exactly that, and of course, comes across an immortal. As he gets in between, of course, um, a fight, uh, he was uh, definitely showing heroic flavour no matter what in this. But also uh, a sense of wanting to belong to something. You know, he doesn't have a father figure, doesn't have family or friends and stuff like that. So for Richie, it's interesting because um, and as Stan played him, you know, he's a um, character 
which not only um, we don't know at the start that it is immortal. Oh, shock spoilers, folks. Now, come on. You came here, you knew there was going to be spoilers. <laughs> but what's interesting is, you know, the ability to um, really, you know, bring him up in our own time as we watch this series into uh, becoming an immortal. And um, if you watch the series, you know that, of course, um, you know, this story between him and Duncan just gets further and further and deeper and deeper and um, is interesting. But Stan played it really well. He played it, obviously, as, you know, the, the young 17 or 18-year-old kid it is into becoming a fully experienced mortal and one that could definitely handle the rapier, the salamango rapier that he's got as well, too. Um, I believe that's right. Hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong there, folks. <laughs> uh, but with that, you know, let's chat about what it is to be an immortal. Now, what it, what is an immortal? That's that's the, the, the big question. Well, an immortal is basically a person that lives forever. Really, down to it, that's, that's what it is. So all of these uh, immortals, they don't know that they're immortal, but they have their first death. So it's... When they're killed violently or in some type of horrific action, and then they're reborn and wake up. And basically, from then on, they are immortal. They don't know it until then. Uh, and there's certain rules that they have to go by. And, you know, I may not all know all of them yet myself, but we'll certainly talk about that too. But what's interesting about it is, is they can only be killed by having their heads cut off. And the person that does the cutting, if they're an immortal, receive the quickening, all the power, all the knowledge of that other immortal. Yes, isn't that an interesting idea? I mean, it goes back to Gregory Wyden's whole idea of um, these two fighters that have been fighting together for eons, based off, you know, what he watched in The Duelist with, of course, Ridley Scott. It's an interesting premise. And, you know, who knows where you'd do, go with that too. Like, if you are... You know, coming up with these sorts of ideas, you know, how how does that come in and become like a basically it's a time travel story if you like. So as we mentioned earlier, the the TV show is um, definitely in line with the first film, and that's where you tie from. Of course, Connor McLeod comes from, and you know how it really it's that sense of longing if you like to that. But apart from that, there's no real ties to it other than Endgame and, of course, Source, because it involves, obviously, Adrian and other characters involved in that universe. And I think that's what makes it really, really interesting, you know, to bring that together. Yeah? Uh, but to have Connor there, I would just wish Connor was in more episodes than just one. You know, obviously, he's talked about in the series and things happen definitely that relate to what Connor's been through, but, um, you know, it's not the same. Uh, without having Christopher Lambert there. So I know he's a famous, obviously, film actor uh, and Tarzan mm, <laughs> and Raiden. Mm. <laughs> but at the same time, it would still be lovely to see that happen too as well. So, But unfortunately, you know, it didn't. <laughs> uh, all right. So with that, we're going to go into the top 10 episodes for season one that I've chosen. And this is just based off what I've enjoyed, what I think is um, the most exciting, most interesting, all that sort of stuff. All right, so let's start with, of course, episode number one, The Gathering, where we get, of course, Slam Quince, who's basically just a carbon copy of the Kurgan. Um, you know, it's it's a cheesy villain, um, probably just one notch above General Katana. Yes, I was joking about before. Uh, General Katana, 
being such a lampooned villain, you know, this this is in that sort of territory, the whole face mask and all that sort of stuff. But it serves a purpose to set up what we're doing here because this episode's more about Connor McLeod coming in and handing off the baton to, of course, Adrian Paul's character. So uh, it's a great little episode. It's got some great um, fighting in between, of course, Connor and Duncan as well, and a great fight at the end on the bridge. For what it was, it was pretty damn good and an awesome quickening, I personally think. But the real person that steals the show in this is Connor. Uh, of course, Christophe Lambert, doing what Christophe Lambert does, he kind of he always steals a screen when he's on because he's got he knows himself so well he uses that comedy that he has, that <laughs> little laugh that he's got. And he's done that in the Fortress, which was shot here, Australia, down the road, near the local studio, folks. Um, but anyway, we'll talk about that another time. We're definitely going to be looking at Fortress again uh, in the near future. But, yeah, look, I think that was one of the more interesting ones to open up. Now, we jump through to episode number four, and we get Andrew Diboff from Toy Soldiers pretty much doing a Toy Soldiers ripoff in A Bad Day in Building A. And uh, it's a great little sort of uh, siege episode, if you like. I really enjoyed that one. I think that one was the pick of the bunch for me when it came to um, – you know, that sort of style of police holding up a station of those people up too. Then we've got episode number seven, uh, Mountain Men, co-starring, of course, Wes Studi. Uh, Wes Studi, uh, like a fantastic actor who's obviously, um, you know, known for the last, uh, last of the Mohicans and uh, Heat, you know, um, many others as well. You know, he's just a fantastic uh, actor. And, of course, the Beastmaster himself and um, cast member of um, V, and, of course, was in the Gladiators episode of the Planet of the Apes live-action show from the 70s, Mark Singer. Yes. But um, it was a great little episode. You know, basically, um, Mark himself uh, was putting on that sort of mountain man look and accent and um, did a really good job, actually, of sort of terrifying the place. And, of course, he had a bit of a love interest in that one, which uh, Duncan wasn't going to have anything um, you know, of him having to do with. <laughs> he was definitely going to do something about then, of course, we got episode, uh, where are we at? Episode 11, Family Tree. Richie was trying to find his father and found Joe. Of course, we talked about this a little bit earlier, and I found that um, this is an interesting one because when you've got Richie out there trying to find his dad, it's kind of like he finds more in, in Duncan. There's both a, a big brother, if you like. It's that master apprentice thing, that, that Jedi thing, that martial arts thing, that senpai kohai. Thing, you know, and it certainly is, uh, you know, uh, you know, in this one, he learns to really, uh, I think, respect Duncan more and uh, realize that there's something more to, um, you know, this whole world, I guess, and even the world itself. Now, episode number 13 was called Band of Brothers, and it's one of the fan faves, this one, because we had Brayson, who's this real evil uh, lout of a, uh, an immortal. And of course, we get the introduction of Darius who's uh, one of the oldest living immortals and um, has pretty much been out of the game for a while being a priest um, and basically being on holy ground so he can't be involved with stuff. But he was really interesting, uh, you know, I uh, think addition and uh, helped to grow Duncan as a character. So, you know, I think that was a pretty damn interesting one too. Episode number 14, For Evil's Sake, with uh, Kyla and his evil mimes. It, it starts off pretty funny. Obviously, it's one of the ones in France. And it starts off with all these mimes killing people. Um, and, of course, 
we find that there's more than one mime. <laughs> and Kyla, an immortal and um, an adversary of Duncan, is basically in behind it all too. But I think what I loved about it, Kyla, was it was a little bit of a different villain than we'd seen. You know, it's not your your normal type. And he got a bit of a, a, a thrill out of and uh as particularly the, the killing itself too so yeah it was it was a rough one then we have the beast below which um many have talked about on the um the chat there for of course blood of kings with ursa and of course the opera show that is ursa obviously is a character that duncan um had met 100 a couple hundred years earlier and the character is basically like beauty and the beast he, he's the beast he doesn't really um talk so much and stuff like that a bit simple, but he starts being um, honed in on by uh, somebody to kill others. Of course, Duncan has to step in. Mm, what could happen? Mm. Then we have, of course, uh, episode 18. I love this one. The Lady and the Tiger with um, Amanda first coming into the series. Uh, obviously, she's a returning character as the, um, uh, the, the many years go on and gets her own series. And then, of course, we have Jason Isaacs in this one too as a um, – an interested character too, you know. And again, with um, this, it gave, I think, Adrian a bit more to play off too, which is a lot of fun. Episode number 19, Eye of the Beholder with Excalibur's own Arthur. Yes. So Arthur from Excalibur, yes, the man from Camelot was in this one. And it's an interesting one. You know, Richie gets quite a bit to do too. Uh, you know, it's, um, it, it's definitely one that I think a lot of people – um, probably don't give enough credit. I think it's a fantastic episode. And which leads us all the way to episode number 22, The Hunters. Who is Hugh? Who are you? Who, 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 who? <laughs> That's right. Of course, we have the lead singer of The Who in this, uh, starting with his run as Hugh Fitzgan. And um, it's a great episode. Again, when he gets a chance to team up with people, I think, um, you know, Adrian Paul's character, uh, Duncan, Get something to play off, and uh, any actor that does that just gets a lot of, um, I think, goodness out of it too. Too. So, but what about you out there today? What is your favourite episode of um, season one? Are these good picks? Are these the ones that you would go for, or is it going back to something like The Gathering? Mm -hmm. So, I would like to know. Let us know uh, in the comments below too. So, yes, I've watched it. I've enjoyed it. I think the biggest thing is too. I think the love story between Duncan and Tess played so well by Adrian and, of course, uh, Alexandra. This just really it is the heart and soul of season one. And Richie coming along is kind of like that younger brother that just wants to be a part of something bigger and uh, be there. So uh, got to say it's huge, folks. It's amazing. Can't wait to talk about season two. Can't wait to talk about um, more here on the show, of course. And I hope you've enjoyed this week's look at Highlander season one. Be smiling and of course bye for now but we will be back and there can be only mullet till then ciao thank you for listening we hope you're enjoying this podcast here are the other great shows on the fandom podcast network culture clash where we discuss the latest in entertainment and pop culture Bloody Kings, our show covering the entire Highlander universe. Couch Potato Theater, we celebrate our favorite movies. And Time Warp, our fandom flashback show discussing a year in movies and our favorite retro movie, TV, and pop culture topics. Good evening, discussing all things Alfred Hitchcock. 
Hair Metal Podcast. We cover the rock metal music of the 80s and early 90s. Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast discussing the time-traveling Doctor Who universe. Lethal Mullet, an action film podcast covering the 80s, 90s, and beyond. Also, check out the Lethal Mullet Network for more great podcasts. What a Piece of Junk, our Star Wars podcast. Making Treks, a Star Trek podcast with a deep dive into the final frontier. The Fandom Show, our Fandom Podcast Network live YouTube show discussing the hottest topics in fandom. The True Believers MCU podcast discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Television Universe. Union Federation, our Star Trek and the Orville show. And we're proud to welcome the BQN Network to the Fandom Podcast Network. Please visit our friends on the BQN Network, a Star Trek universe podcast that also includes your favorite topics, movies, history, superheroes, and more. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on YouTube. The Fandom Podcast Network is also on all major podcast platforms. The Fandom Podcast Network audio master feed is on Podbean at fpnet.podbean.com. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email us at fandompodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, respect others and enjoy your fandom. <laughs>